Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Tune in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. You are listening to DCPL's Into the Library Verse on Full Service Radio, broadcasting from the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. My name is Will, and I'm joined by my co-host Portia. Hi, everyone. You're now entering the Library Verse. Today, we'll talk about voter registration with Diana, the Civic Engagement Coordinator for D.C. Public Library. Hello. Diana, so as I understand it, this is a new role for DCPL. Yes, that's correct. Can you tell us a little bit about what your role as Civic Engagement Coordinator entails? Okay, sure. So I can talk about what the... Uh, original job description was and and what I hope to make it. Um, But like you said, the Civic Engagement Coordinator is a new position. The main reason that it was created was because last summer uh, the D.C. Council passed a law that deemed that voter, I mean that libraries would be voter registration agencies. Uh, And so similar to if you go to the DMV, they'll ask you if you want to register to vote. They applied that to not just libraries, but also D.C. DC public schools, uh, D.C. Parks and Recs, Office of Aging, to be official voter registration agencies. So part of the coordinator's responsibility was to figure out what that process would look like, how would we be, how would we comply with the D.C. Board of Elections and their requirements, and uh, training staff, because this is a new process for everyone. Uh, and we have uh, over 400 staff. We have 26 branch locations. So just making sure that every, every customer, when they come into the library, is receiving the same quality service. And also if their D.C. resident has the opportunity to register to vote. So that is the, a major piece of the job. There are also a few other things. As you all know, our MLK branch is closed right now for uh, renovation. And there will be a new, exciting, so many great things happening when the building opens. And one of the things is there will be a community alliance space. And we're still figuring out all the details of what that looks like. But ideally, it will be an opportunity for nonprofits or other D.C. government agencies to use that space and to provide services to our customers, Um, whether it's legal advice or tax preparation or doing one-on-one with customers and helping them apply for jobs. Uh, So that that is also part of the role of the coordinator. And then just increasing civic engagement overall in in D.C. public libraries and what does that look like in terms of doing voter registration drives or having events or activities or programming that educates uh, our residents about 
what, not just like about voting, but what does it mean to be a good citizen and how do you be an engaged citizen and um, how do you participate in the city in terms of do you know what your ANC commissioner does or do you know, you know, what the budget is, the budget proposal is and how that might affect uh, your neighborhood or your community. So we really want to be a place to educate uh, our residents and inform them, which is what the library does anyway, but just taking it to another level. So can you actually like walk us through the process and tell us how have you like implemented voter registration in the libraries? Okay, sure. So under the DC Board of Elections guidelines, there are three times where we must ask a customer if they want to register to vote, who is a DC resident. The first is if they're applying for a new library card. Uh, the second way is if they're changing their address. And the third is that if a customer's privilege expires, because the privilege expires every three years. So when the customer comes in and they say, I got my notice that my privilege is expired, or as a staff member, you notice uh, that their privilege is expired, then that's when you ask them if you would like to register to vote. That's the first piece. The fact that we're a voter registration agency means that we can also actively register people to vote, which is uh, a shift from what we were doing as a library before. We always had voter registration forms available, but we weren't doing the extra steps to get people registered. So if a customer says, I would like to register to vote, then we can assist them in that process, be it helping them uh, complete a paper voter registration form that we can submit to the Board of Elections on their behalf, or we can assist them with doing it online. DC is very progressive. They actually have an app. Uh, uh, DC Board of Elections has an app that you can put on your phone or your tablet, and you can use it to register to vote and check your status and other things. But that's a very um, helpful resource for us. So the process was just basically training the staff and providing them with the guidelines from the D.C. Board of Elections and then figuring out how we were going to comply with that and how we were going to get staff trained um, and provide some messaging. And because politics is a hot button issue and we know that it might seem good on the surface, oh, we're asking people if they want to register to vote, but not everyone feels that way. Some people feel like it's too intrusive. And so just um, educating the staff about how to communicate the importance of this effort with customers and preparing the staff and making sure that we are following what the Board of Elections has, has um, I guess, given to us or, or yeah, their, their regulations for us and making sure we're complying. So currently, any library user or non-library user can go into a branch, apply for a library card, and also become a voter? Sure, yes. Okay. If you are a current existing customer or if you've never been into a, into a D.C. public library um, and you want to go, you can, you can go into a D.C. library and not want to get a library card. If you just say, hey, I heard you all are registering people to vote, I want to do that, that's fine. There will be staff who can assist you with that as well, either, like I said, doing it with the paper form or doing it online. So it's really, it's it's that we know that we have customers who are regulars who come into the library a lot. We have people who might, who might 
uh, rarely go into the library. Uh, so it's just an opportunity, I think, to get more people um, who live in the city to come in and take advantage of what we are offering. And you don't necessarily have to have a library card to register to vote. We can just assist you. And as I understand it, in a way, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure as to how you register to vote through us. You you could take the form home, couldn't you? Yes, definitely. So we do have the, with the paper um, form that's from the Board of Elections. We can you can complete it on site, and then, like I said, a staff member can submit it to the Board of Elections on your behalf. If you don't want to do that, then yes, you can take the paper form with you. Uh, it is a uh, form that already you know no postage required or anything, so you can complete it on your own time. Drop it in a mailbox, definitely. Or like I said, we have the online option, and right. so staff can help you with that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So back to the community alliance um, area within MLK. Mm-hmm. Have you guys already had interest from other DCPL or not DCPL, other DC government agencies to kind of fulfill or facilitate programming at all? Um, I mean, I the word is out a little bit, but we have not. Um, made any partnerships yet we are still trying to figure out what will work best for the space and what makes the most sense in terms of what agencies because the idea is that people will be will commit um and be there for several hours several days throughout the week so you have to think about what agencies or even what nonprofits have that level of staffing that they could send somebody to just be at the library for, you know, four to six hours at a time. Okay. So we're still kind of working that out. Um, and I think once we have all the parameters set, we will definitely put out a call for anyone who's interested with all of the criteria and what we're looking for and allow people to submit interest and, and you know, obviously they'll be contracts and the the normal things when you're using a a DC library space but mm -hmm. interesting so you're not looking for like long-term contracts but basically like weekly or maybe something that's just like a monthly program I think it will depend it will depend on what people can what organizations and um, government agencies can provide so it might be that somebody can send someone for a year but I think it will be more akin to like a pop-up and so there might be some organizations or agencies that are there for for longer periods of time and then there might be other ones that just kind of rotate depending on the season for instance as you know at some at at some branches but at mlk um we have tax preparation that goes from january to april um we also work with dc health link that helps people register for health care opening in november to january so those are kind of like rotational like pop-ups versus someone an organization that might be there for a longer duration okay Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting that mlk is rebranding itself to be more inclusive and to add on these additional services that normally libraries haven't been able to provide but then now they're trying to expand to let's get these other agencies in here that can assist with our users yeah i think it's important because people are already coming to the library for this help and uh before i took i had took this new role I was a library associate with DC Public Library so I worked in the branches for almost five years and so you do have people who do 
you know, they need help applying for a job or they need help filling out a resume or doing a resume from scratch. And you want to help them as a staff member, but you have so many other customers that, you know, also need help. And so you cannot always devote like the one-on-one time. And so I think people are coming to the library looking for resources where, the staff is able and willing, but we might not always be the experts in that field. And so if you can bring in the expertise and say, these people are here for you, you're already coming to the library needing these services, um, and just kind of, I think, I think that when you bring, it's always good, collaboration is always good, I, you, you know, and bringing people together um, for the common goal of, of serving people and helping people, whether it's like, with legal advice or getting jobs or get filling out their taxes or they need to, you know, how do I fill out this Medicaid form, whatever it is, when you, when you collaborate and, and make it as easy as possible for folks, then, then that's a win-win. I could not agree more. Do you have any events or outreach events planned at all? Um, leading up to the 2020 elections or so we are working on that i will say that now that we are official voter registration agency we've been partnering more and more with dc board of elections i think they are very excited because that means like i said that that this is a the libraries are spaces that they can use um, so, for instance, uh, on Saturday the 21st, Francis Gregory had their health and wellness fair, and there are people from the Board of Elections who were there helping people register to vote, etc. They will be at Anacostia Neighborhood Library this Thursday, the 26th. Uh, from 12 to 4 p.m., and they will have a whole setup on the outside in the pavilion where they'll show people what the voter machines look like. You can test them out. They'll help people register to vote, check their status. They'll tell you, you know, how you can um, be a poll worker, P-O-L-L worker, you know. So, um, so they will be there, and I think that we'll just continue to build on that partnership. If there are branches that are having events that are in the community, we can always bring the Board of Elections. Um, staff to help us. We do, going into 2020, plan to have, if staff are interested, just general voter registration drives at your branch that are not attached to a customer signing up for a library card, so you can just open it up to the community. Um, A big thing that we'll be doing is the 2020 census. It'll be the census time. Uh, And so I've been serving on the mayor's complete count committee because this is the first year that it will be online. It will not only be online, but it's going to start out. They're going to strongly encourage people to complete the census online. And so, as you know, the digital divide is real, and so people will come and have to use libraries and use our computers. And they'll also need help because everything on the census form is not self-explanatory. Like, for instance, when people are counting how many people in their household, they don't know always know what that means. Um, they sometimes don't count infants. So there's a lot of things that staff need to be educated on so that we can help people when they come in to complete the census. So one thing I want to do is like census days where we might reserve a few computers in the branch and people would come in and know somebody can help me, you know, fill out my census form. Um, voter registration drives, I think just... 
educating the public, this is also, it'll be 100 years since women got the right to vote and 55 years since the Voting Rights Act. And so I want to do some programming around that, whether it's bringing in speakers or presenters and kind of merging the past with our present events and what's going on and kind of educating people about like how do we move forward um, and what does it mean that all of these historical events have happened and we have the right to vote how are we going to use it just to go back you mentioned the committee for the mayor that you're on mm-hmm. um, could you say the name again it's, it's called the complete count committee complete count? yes mm-hmm. so every uh, major city or like area in the country is supposed to have a complete count committee uh, and they're so it's supposed to bring different groups together to make sure that everyone gets counted. And so with the census, it really is just counting the population. Yes, they do ask some questions, and we know that there was the whole will the citizenship question be on there or not, and it won't be on there. Um, but it really is supposed to just count the population, and from that that determines in like federal funds that that area or city will receive. Uh, it it affects a lot of people's daily lives that they don't realize. Like if you're if the road you take every day will get fixed, and then who how the money being allocated for that. So. Um, so yes, every every region or city is supposed to have a complete count committee. I can't say that everyone does, but DC's is DC is on it, and they are very um, excited and engaged in making sure that everyone in the city gets counted. Look at DC being active. They are. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I want to say that even though DC is not a state. Yeah, no, DC is not a state. <laughs> um, I do think out of they do make it very easy to vote to register to vote um, and and to vote. You can actually register to vote starting at 16 years old. Uh, you can vote at 17 in the primary if you'll be 18 in the general election. We don't have you can't be in jail and vote, but if you're you know once you're released and everything, we don't have any stipulations on on former um, those who are returning citizens yes returning citizens that was the word I was looking for thank you <laughs> we don't have any restrictions on them voting so that I have to give the city kudos for is that unlike other states or not that not that we're a state but you know yeah yes. other? yeah I, not not all states or places uh, have these restrictions um, but many of them do mm-hmm. yeah um, no not all yeah. of them do but um, and is that for like felony or just misdemeanor? Or is it, does it doesn't matter for Generally, DC. Yeah, for DC. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Yeah. In other in other places, I'm trying to avoid the word state here because I feel like it puts us on different planes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but in in other places, they'll they'll make a big deal about the felony thing usually. Uh, yeah. If 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 there's a problem. Uh, yeah, because I know they had like some returning citizen rally recently, maybe like a couple months ago. Mm. And I think one of the topics was voting and you know voter registration. Is there any plans to? Because we have a satellite branch at the DC jail. Mm-hmm. Are there any plans to actually go into that satellite branch and make sure everyone there is? 
registered or those who will be released are registered? So it's my understanding Department of Corrections does that on their own. Okay. And I think that, excuse me, when people are released, that's an um, option that they have is to make sure they get registered to vote when they're leaving the jail. Um, So as far as I know, there's not any plans for the library to do anything more because we don't want to step on anyone's toes in terms of what they're doing. But I think we can always partner and, like I said, do educational and events and informational events with uh, in, through the jail, through the library at the jail and just so all citizens are engaged. Well, I will definitely say I learned something new and I'm just like, if I ever get locked up, still going to vote. Yeah. <laughs> when you get released. When yeah. I, oh yeah, when I get released from my lockup. Yeah. And you know, I, I would like to pause on that and re-highlight what, what um, was just mentioned here that... Um, you know, newer listeners may not have been aware of, and I, I think deserves being recognized again, is that, you know, we do have a library in the, in the jail here in town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, Which is very important. It's very important. Yes. Very important. Also, isn't today a special day, man? Oh, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Today is National Voter Registration Day. Yay! Yay. September 24th. (laughs) And so that is why now all D.C. Public Libraries are voter registration agencies. We wanted to try to coincide with that great day. It's also, September is also uh, Library Sign-Up Month. So, library card sign up month, and so we kind we wanted to be sure we launched at all of our sites by September twenty fourth because yeah, this is a great day, National Voter Registration Day. Register to vote, no matter where you live. I'm just excited for all the flyers and pamphlets that are going to come out soon. Oh, for all the elections, for everything. <laughs> oh, those. For the candidates. You mean like yes. the candidate stuff? Yes, I, I want us to have like not endorsing anyone of course but just to kind of have vote 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 signs like everywhere i want to see like more proactive and more engaging and like telling people it's okay to vote and your voice is important and it's important to kind of be heard because i would definitely say when i was younger um in the 2016 elections was that the one with obama i feel like that was it was a long time it was four years 2012 there we go i was (laughs) wait how old was i I didn't was not able to vote because I actually was not a registered voter. Really? I, yeah, I wasn't a registered. So you've voter. had this experience. Yeah. Um, An experience that people can avoid if they go into the library. Exactly. Don't make my mistake. <laughs> I was away at school Thank you. and then Thank I came back much. and I was unable to vote. And I missed a very historical election and it haunts me to this day. Wow. Right. I also think it's important, um, as, a, as libraries, what we can do is to emphasize voting in all elections. I right. think that 2020 is going to be a big year because it's a presidential election. And we have, you turnout is usually, it's pretty high um, in general. But turnout, voter turnout overall in this country is low. Um, and so, and then when you look at, midterms or primaries or even special elections those turn that turnout for that can be very low like depressingly low so i think that one message that we really need to get out is the importance of voting in every election and that every election matters can you actually speak to some elections that happen within dc and are just dc elections 
Oh, so in D.C., there's usually, we have the primary, which is in June, uh, and then we have the general election, which is November. Um, But I don't want to get too political, but because D.C. is a very, in terms of, um, in terms of party, D.C. is overwhelmingly Democratic, Usually voting in the primaries, the, the, it's decided in the primaries. Um, like if you have four Democrats running for mayor, um, whoever usually wins the primary is going to win the general election because it's, it's very rare that a Republican is going to win. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying because of the landscape of D.C. So most, so first of all, in order to vote in the D.C. primary, you have to be registered as a Democrat or a Republican. Well, not just those two parties, but one of the four parties. Uh, I think it's the Green Party and one more. There's yeah. four that you can be registered libertarian, for. Yeah, libertarian, statehood green. Mm-hmm. And so in order to vote in the primary. And then if you if you are an independent, which is fine, you should choose whatever works for you. You should just know by the time you vote in the general election, it might already be a done deal. But um, in D.C., we have running for mayor. We have mayor. Now we have an attorney general, which we didn't always have. We had to. That was a ballot issue. Um, we have ANC. We have this D.C. council. Uh, and, you know, we have council members per ward and then the at-large council members you vote for your ANC commissioners which people might say what does the ANC commissioner do which is one thing I hope to help educate people on through programming in the library and so I just think it's important to know that to know that really you know all politics are local and in DC you're really voting for local representation who are making an impact in your daily lives, in your community, in your neighborhood, uh, and, and how you work and live. Mm. Well, you live in D.C., right, Diana? I sure do. So do you know your ANC commissioner? Uh, I, mm, I, yes. I know her name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know yours well? I have no idea who my <laughs> ANC commissioner is. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not even going to pretend. And, and, you know, maybe I, I probably should know the answer to that, but I don't. Yeah, I remember there were this past this past there were two people running against each other, which can be kind of rare. Um, also, I think that every every people have different perspectives of what they should do as an ANC commissioner uh, uh, because it's an it's an unpaid position so some people are very um engaged and in it to win it and and some people are you know are are like a you know (laughs) they're just the anc commissioner right (laughs) yeah you'll see but then again it's important it's important to if you care about the city your anc commissioner is is dealing with like um those I don't want to say basic, but I don't those uh, things in your neighborhood, 
you know, maybe like trash pickup or like the rats or whatever, like those, those, the rats, the rats, (laughs) you know how I feel about the rats, but those, like, those are those issues that may, that might be that those like daily issues that you're dealing with as a neighborhood are things that your ANC commissioner is supposed to help with, care about, like move it up the ladder chain if need be, um, I feel terrible. I feel like I skipped all those steps. Every time I had a complaint, I would just call 311. Yeah, I, I use 311. <laughs> I mean, for you can do I that too. <laughs> but it's different. Like, so, for instance, in Petworth, there was a debate about if they were going to add a bike lane to a certain part. Of uh, to a certain neighborhood in Petworth, and it and it was a uh, the ANC commissioner, like all the ones who represented it, voted on mm-hmm. that, and and they had a meeting, um, and people voiced like you know opposition or support or whatever, and and so and and ANCs mm-hmm. decided based on some based on on what they were hearing for the, from their constituents but also based on whatever their personal feelings are or whatever so I think it's important to know who is representing you and if you have issues um, then it's important to to know who is supposed to help you with that right. not saying don't call 311 but yeah. Let's pretend we're like ANC commissioners and we have a bike lane that's going to go right in front of our like house. How are we going to vote? I don't know if, if I'm allowed to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, okay. No? Yes? I don't know. I, I, I suppose it depends on many factors, right? <laughs> like, I'll try to be diplomatic here. I would say I'm with it because I think there's too many cars on the road as is, and I love a little bit of space between me and another bike, like another vehicle. And I feel like bikes are very, you know, they move fast. They're definitely faster than cars in the city, in my opinion. <laughs> so I think it's nice they have their own lanes. Yeah, yeah. that's my that's yeah. my pretend. If I, I was a pretend. I think member. you definitely need bike lanes. I think what the city has to contend with because of gentrification and all the implications that come with it is that... Wait, are you saying that bike lanes are only due to gentrification? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's like an image yeah. okay. of why are you doing this? Yeah. This is not for me. This is for people who just got here and now they're like I'm just you know so I think that progress is always good and things change and that's the fact that's a fact of life Uh, but I think that what we have to do as a library in what I think from this role and what how we can play an important part is kind of having these dialogues and conversations because what you might think is oh of course there should be a bike lane somebody who's been living in that house for 50 years is like oh you're gonna take parking in front from in front of my house for 
and I've been here and nobody asked me and you know so you have to we have to have those conversations and we have to make sure that everybody who's in this as much as possible but that people feel like this is home and that they have a say in and what their city looks like and what it is providing for them I would definitely say that the city should be more consistent because I know we have a couple on like 14th and U. We have some bike lanes, but then it's not consistent all the way throughout the city, which I feel like is confusing to drivers who are not native to this area. Like if I just came down from one of those states that don't have probably don't have any bike, not to assume that you don't have bike lanes. Um, Texas, <laughs> I'm Texas. from Texas. There we go. Like if if I was from Texas and I was, you know, I'm sorry if anyone's from Texas, I um, was driving through and, and sees like a bike lane here, but not in a different part of the town, and then it comes back. Like that's confusing. Um, I feel like it does need to be more consistent, but I feel like a lot of well, when I travel downtown, I definitely see a lot more people utilizing bikes a bit more. And that was like the Capital Bike Share. And there's all these little incentives to actually use Metro more and things like that. Um, and even parking in the city is expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very expensive, I think, to deter people from, from right. driving into the city. Yes. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's something that we don't realize that we have a say over as being residents within D.C. because there's always votes out for that. There's always, um, you can always go down to like a committee when they're having a hearing and kind of voice your opinion. And how are we letting residents know about those things? So if they want to talk about an issue, mm-hmm. are we letting them know at the library, like, hey, you can go here at this date or? Well, yeah, that is my plan to kind of, um, like I said, to do a thing about a program that says, hey, what is your ANC commissioner doing? But I also want to do programming around the, the budget, the city budget, and when, how are things decided, and how can you voice, you know, what you, what your community or what you might need. I think those are important. I think it's important that we educate people as much as possible. I also think that there are organizations that do this work, and they do have a following or a core group of supporters or volunteers who know about the issue. Um, but it's like, well, how do you go out and get other people? It's not that they're not interested and it's not that they're not informed per se, but sometimes they just need a personal touch or somebody to say, come to this meeting and this meeting is right here in your neighborhood where you already are. And I also think a lot of these organizations, they're using library space anyway, but it's important to, as we know, if you use a DC public library meeting room, it's supposed to be, it's open to the public, meaning anyone from the public can come in. Some people do not really get that, 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 policy, but it is important that if you're using the library space and you're and you're having a meeting about this, like how can we partner with you as a as a library, as a branch, as a system and say, what are you doing and how can we get our customers who are here to come to that? How can we get people in the neighborhood to come to your event? And so that's really what I would like to work on because I know that there are nonprofit organizations or other agencies that are using our space. Um, and so how can we work together? I think that's a good idea because I know there's a lot of 
um, just to bring back Petworth, I know they have a very active ANC, mm-hmm. and they usually use the Petworth library meeting room mm-hmm. a lot in order to have their meetings. Um, so I agree. I feel like I'm glad that we now have this role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something that's really progressive on the mayor's part, the D.C. Council's part, as well as for D.C. Public Library. And I think you have some interesting ideas of how you kind of want to use the, um, to go back to the space in MOK, um, that community alliance space, as well to partner with other organizations or um, other D.C. government agencies, as well as having branch programming and outreach events to have people um, to make sure they, they are aware of what's going on and how to vote and kind of partner more um, with other organizations. It's like, hey, this is a thing. Um, I would definitely say I was not as familiar with the process, and I feel like sometimes when you're looking online, it's harder to find things. Like, you, you look for what you want to find. So if you're looking for a difficult process to find a way to vote, you find yourself in a difficult process of finding that. And just to create, like, a more streamlined process. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I forget what break. I took a, uh, I watched this webinar. It was about civic engagement in the libraries, in libraries. And I forget where in the in the country it was. But one branch has a, a civic engagement page. And they have everything on there, like, how do you run for office in this town? What, you know, what are the election dates? Who's running for this election? So instead of you having, like you say, click around, click around, you know, look, look, it's it's one place. It's nonpartisan. Um, and they're just, again, just giving you the facts and information. But instead, or even if you just give people links on your on the DC Public Library page and say, if you want to know everything about how do you become an ANC commissioner, if you, if you I don't know, um, or how do you even get on the ballot, how do you, so who's running for city council, what is their role? So that's what I envision in terms of, like you said, in terms of minimizing um, the work that someone has to do to get educated. So is that something we can look forward to, to see a page of civic engagement on the D.C. Public Library website? Yes, or? well, we do Ooh, have exciting. a page, dclibrary.org slash civic engagement. Right now it has the information about voter registration awesome. and that we are voter registration agencies. I would in, envision just building that out as a page um, and 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 making it like an informational um, place. Now, I don't know all the things that it'll look like because I have my vision, but I am just one person. I do report to people. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, sometimes you'd be like, this is what I want to do. And they're like, "Mm, I don't know. Um, But that is, I do do want it to be as informational as possible and as easy... um, as possible for people to visit and use and and get what they need. I definitely want to see like a picture of all the mayors and have like Marion Barry with like Mayor for Life, <laughs> <laughs> just like a little tag underneath. Okay, uh, that's a personal once. <laughs> like past mayor. Yeah, past, past mayors. Mayor. Yeah, so you can kind of look at all the past mayors. Oh, Fenty would be on there. Yes. That's my lifetime. Okay. There we go. Well, we'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise that down. Yeah, you should. I feel like you have little pictures of them, like everywhere. So just, I mean, that could be a thing of like history of DC. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. Um, 
time you know, as a library. <laughs> what that looks like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it'd be kind of fun to have. Um, I don't know. I just I love it how every time you go into like a government building, you see like the mayor's face. And I think it'd be cool just to have, you know. Um, and all those busts and, of people that you have no idea right. who they are. Who are they? Because then you'll find out. Because <laughs> then you'll like, look them up. Um, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Just, yeah, I think. Owen Gray. There we go. <laughs> I remembered more people. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's, that's fair. I think, yes. Um, providing people with information. I think, it, I think it would be good for quote-unquote new residents, people who are moving into the city. But if even people who have been here for forever or who are from here, you might not know all the inner workings and all the ins and outs. Um, and I also, you know, voter turnout was quite low um, in D.C. for the midterms. Uh, and I think a part of that is that people are like, well... What are you doing? What's changing? What's ha- what are you fixing? You know, where's this? What where's the money going? And they don't feel like they're getting answers, or there there is any progress, or that it's their vote isn't worth it. All of those things. So, I think the more information you provide, and the more ways that you can tell people, you can, um, you know, your voice can be heard, and you can impact, have an impact. That's important. Well, um, DC, if you're like me and you do not know the whole entire process, please go to Anacostia this Thursday and register oh, yes. to vote. Yes, 12 um, to 4. And don't be like me and can't remember all the past mayors. So I encourage you to. Somehow we'll forgive you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Somehow. Via pop quiz. That Ooh, be via pop quiz. We'll put it on the website and I'll, I'll try to put a pop okay, quiz on there. Okay, I will work on that. Just for Portia. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like you could just go to Wiki and put in DC mayors. I, I could, but I don't, it's not it's a trusted fine. website. Yeah, <laughs> we trust that. the library. Website. Oh, we trust the library oh, website. That was yeah. good. So I've even got the URL for you. It could be dclibrary.org forward slash Portia. And they put all this stuff there. Just for Portia. There we go. Look, okay. we should make that happen. I got you. Well, thank you, Diana, for joining You're us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been an episode of Into the Libraryverse on Full Service Radio. Broadcast live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Please visit dclibrary.org to learn more about library libraries, programs, and services. Follow us on Instagram at DC Public Library and on Twitter at DCPL. Listen and download this show wherever you listen to your podcast by searching for Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.